Hello, this is the Order of the Mustard Seed podcast, and I'm your host, Jill Weber. Well, I'm here in Woking, in the beautiful home of Eric Jesperson. And uh, Eric is a member of the Order of the Mustard Seed, and he's got a very interesting life. So, Eric, tell us about yourself and what life looks like for you in your present context. (laughs) Uh, Good to have you here, Jill. And uh, so I'm on staff with Emmaus Road Church, and um, one of my main roles with that is what they call social transformation. But really, day in, day out, that currently primarily looks like running a a space that we've created in the community called the Lighthouse. And it's a large 10,000 square feet building. It was an old derelict space waiting to be demolished. And uh, we felt called by God to renovate it, to rebuild it, and open it as a space for the community uh, of our town, Woking, to come together and experience the restoration of God. So inviting the marginalized and uh, the lonely and the broken into a space where they could experience the love of God through very practical things. Uh, So day in, day out, we offer a food bank, we offer community lunches, we work with the unemployed to get them back into work. Uh, we work with vulnerable women to uh, restore and give them a safe space to be. We run a social enterprise uh, coffee house there. And so it's about bringing the whole community together into this space. And uh, that's for us is like a, just a living out working of what it is for us to, to be kingdom people in the heart of a community we're right in the middle of the town centre opposite the train station a busy town of almost 100,000 people Um, so that's what day in day out looks like for me so so talk to me about the order of the mustard seeds it sounds like you were already living a life with pretty missional prayerful intention so why the order what was the draw for you yeah um It was an interesting introduction because, as you say, we've already been living this kind of missional way. I think for me, when I came to faith when I was 18, I just knew it meant all in, just absolutely everything. Uh, That that just seemed obvious to me in my young assumption about what it was to follow Christ. And so for over 20 years, um, my wife, Rebecca, and I have have always sought to live very missionally. Um, So coming to the order of the mustard seed and the vows wasn't like doing something new, um, but I was attracted to finding a community of people, an international gathering of people, as it were, uh, uh, to belong to, who really understood that that kind of heart of living uh, you know true to Christ kind to people taking the gospel to the nations that that was a whole framework for living and that faith wasn't just something we did once a week on a Sunday or um, something that we tried to factor in as a a sort of uh, an attachment an add-on a handy app on your phone or (laughs) you know that, that helps make life work better but that it was a holistic approach to doing life. 
you weren't quite sure at the beginning. I remember we had some early conversations <laughs> and you're like, well, tell me a little bit more about this. And do you want to talk about that? Because I think that would help other people who are considering the order yeah. of mustard seed. Yeah. Um, I think, firstly, I, I have this internal aversion to anything that's about um, sort of being in a part of some elite you know, so I didn't want to feel like this was part of some club of people who are spiritually superior and really get it. Mm-hmm. Um, the wearers of the ring. And, yes. Yeah, yeah. You know, and there's a kind of secret nod and yes, you're in, <laughs> you know, we, we're part of something that others don't get or, uh, you know, I didn't want it to be about that. It, it was, um, it was important to me that this wasn't about belonging to a club. Um, when I, when I came to understand this was really just about a vow between me and God, it's like, oh, absolutely. You know, like a, a a marriage covenant, uh, is before God to say, this is, this is a public declaration of what I already intend with my life. You know, uh, how I already feel about someone else and how I intend to live towards them. That, uh, taking the vows, uh, of the mustard seed order was really about that. And uh, and doing it in the context of peers who totally understood what I meant by that and were going to help me walk that out. Yeah, no, good. That that's helpful. Mm. So so talk to me about which of the practices, which of the six practices for you, um, in particular, just feels kind of life giving, and, and you feel like you're really digging deep into it right now. Um, firstly, let me say that I, I really love them all. I love the kind of anchoring of the three vows. Um, I, I, for me, probably one of my favorite scriptures, the one that for me captures life is Romans 12.1, where it says, in view of God's mercy, in view of this revelation of who he is and what he's like, in view of the fact that he's not some angry you know, rule keeper, but he is the one who's reached out in compassion and rescued you. In view of that, offer your life as a living sacrifice. That's worship. Uh, your whole life, yes. as the message says, your everyday, ordinary, going around, walking around, going to work life. Take that whole thing and offer it to God. And then have your thinking renewed by him. Have your whole assumption, your, all your dysfunctional patterns for responding to other people, all your hurts and that. Have all of that renewed, restored, reformed. And out of that, work out then the will of God. You'll really know mm-hmm. how to live in his perfect, pleasing, missional will for your life. So, so being true to Christ is that first part of understanding that. Yeah. Being kind to people is learning how to do that because I've had my whole thinking and framework renewed and then taking the gospel to the nations is is working out the will of God out of that so um, I love that in terms of the six practices I think the one that captures me day in day out as a way of life is is hospitality is practicing hospitality so 
as I mentioned earlier, we work at this space called the Lighthouse. And although we do very uh, lots of practical different things, we give people food parcels, we pray for them, we teach them how to cook, we offer them lunch. There's the step machines for the guys, <laughs> yes. right? Exercise together. Exercising <laughs> on step machines while we talk about mental health and well-being. Yeah. Um, you know, all that kind of stuff. Uh, Really, for me, it's about practicing the hospitality of the kingdom. It's about making a safe space where people are welcomed in, treated with this dignity and honor that Jesus shows us. Giving people the uh, Luke 15 welcome of the Father Mm -hmm. and saying, you belong here. We invite you into a place of belonging and significance. I don't care whether you're a rough sleeper on the street or someone struggling with mental health issues or you've just stepped out of prison or, in fact, you're the mayor or a member of parliament. It doesn't matter. You're equal and you receive the same dignity and welcome. And for me, that's at the heart of, of Christian hospitality, uh, where we make spaces and we draw people around a meal table or a conversation and say, your story matters. Mm. I'm interested in you. Um, you know, you're significant. Yeah. The, um, I, I like that you use the phrase Christian hospitality. Because mm-hmm. I think we have a lot of misconceptions about what hospitality is. I think so, a lot of us, when we think of hospitality... We think Better Homes and Gardens magazine or whatever the UK equivalent is. We think Martha Stewart and laying a beautiful table. We think of having our friends over, our mates over. and um, But that's different than what you're doing. So um, talk to me about hospitality and the stranger, Mm. the other. Yes. I think that's key. I, I love what you've just said. I, I remember Pete Gregg putting a thing on Facebook about you know people saying they, they, they think they have the gift of hospitality because their home looks like an Ikea catalogue or something. <laughs> yeah. Gosh, I wish my home looked like an Ikea catalogue. <laughs> But, uh, but really, that's not what it's about, just having fun with our friends. You know, that's beautiful and, and enjoyable, but it, it is true Christian hospitality. Uh, I think in the message in Luke, in Romans 16, uh, Paul says, you know, uh, the writer says, be sure to osp- offer them the hospitality we Christians are famous for. Mm. And I love that. You know, we're known for hospitality to those that other people wouldn't invite into their homes. And we read all those ancient passages about a stranger wandering into town and offering them a a place to stay. And we, you know, we struggle to figure that out in a modern context where there's all sorts of safeguarding issues and all of that. But for me to have a space where anyone is welcome, that feels safe both to us and to them. It's a safe way of doing that. It's kind of like, um, I think when we think about risks and hospitality, you know, if we're offering hospitality to the other and the stranger, there's inherent risks in it, right? And so to have a space like the lighthouse, which is a third space, it's a space that is actually physically located right right where folks who need it can find it easily it's a space that it's like it's the front porch of the church right for people who wouldn't want to walk into a church building (laughs) 
or for people perhaps it's just not safe enough to have them in your home yeah. to have this kind of third space as a front porch yeah. creates that kind of safety as you said for for them yeah. as well and and for you that's right that's right i think that's really important you know i think it's helpful to understand that um, it's not about keeping them at a distance from our own mm-hmm. personal home. Actually, it's quite a scary thing to go into someone's home that you've never been to before. Yeah. So when we say as Christians, oh, well, we'll invite someone even for a small group or something, that's scary to do, um, you know, for the person coming in as the guest. So a third space that feels neutral to both parties uh, and has an environment that, that has... Um, beauty and comfort and, and safety in its fabric uh, is a really helpful way in our modern culture where we live. It's a helpful place to do that kind of hospitality. Mm-hmm. And you have it part of, as hospitality is just part of the warp and woof of everything at Lighthouse. It is in terms of the underlining culture, the underlying ethos, but you also created systems and structures Right, you've got actual practices of hospitality that help you live into your aspirations. So I think it's one thing people are listening. Uh, yeah, I'd love to explore hospitality. That's a great ideal. That's a great aspiration. But you've actually built in structures. So talk to me about. I mean, I know a few things as I walk in, but you talk to me about what what you've built in to to make hospitality happen. Yeah. Um, so one thing we've created this space to feel like a home. So as you walk in, um, to us, it's really important that it's a big glass fronted space. Uh, I remember talking to an architect saying, you know, a hundred years ago, uh, spaces like churches, banks, libraries were all these brick fronted things with big heavy doors because the message was this is a place of security and stability. Mm. Actually, the message people need today now is it's transparent. Okay. See in so the safety comes with transparency. The safety comes yeah. from transparency. Churches and banks and libraries and places you and that's why you see architecturally those are changing on our high streets. The banks now have glass fronts. Yeah. Libraries have glass fronts. Churches should have glass fronts. You can see it's transparent. It feels safe just to walk in. So that's really important to us. Uh, the second is that people walk into a space that feels. Um, comfortable and and beautiful enough to to feel like a home but not clinical and perfect enough that they don't feel like they belong Mm. so it's a little bit of mess it's rough around the edges (laughs) it's a bit messy and people like that they they, you know it's not intimidating and then the welcome we give them and we're always working harder to to perfect our welcome but we want people to come in the door and experience an incredible welcome Mm -hmm. uh, a friendliness a warmth that that feels authentic and then we have structures around that uh, that are things like tea and coffee stations or community lunches that we invite people into or a cafe that they can go and buy their coffee. So it creates different spaces where, depending on where they are in their story or their circumstances, they can access. Mm-hmm. Someone who is working and is affluent wants to come in and feel empowered to buy their own coffee. They want to contribute, um, and so they can do that. Someone else may just need a free coffee, and we have space for that. Someone may need just to come in and sit and be listened to. Well, we've structured teams around that who are there just to sit and listen. 
Um, others uh, need to have a way of interacting through something. So we've created art spaces where you can come and sit around a table with people who are just doing crafts yeah. without having to have the discomfort of eye contact. Yeah. <laughs> you can still have a little chat and um, get to know people crack open the door of your heart a little bit as it as much as it feels safe yeah tell me um do you have a story that you can tell us just that for you just uh underlies the beauty and the gift of hospitality you got something that might come to mind yeah we um we have some guys who who now are our regulars who feel part of the the fabric of the lighthouse they're there every day before the doors open they're outside waiting to come in and uh um one of them when he first came um because of his um some of the mental health issues he was struggling with he found it really hard to be in any kind of space with other people mm. he was loud he was aggressive he'd end up um, getting into arguments with people and it felt really hard to just welcome him into the space but we kept we kept saying you're welcome back come back but this is how to operate and it's almost like he he began to learn how to be by being accepted but understanding some of the boundaries. And to me, that was really helpful. Um, just seeing a very, very slow transition. We would have to say to him, um, inside voice, you know, let's all use our inside voice here because everything he said, he would just be shouting. <laughs> yeah. um, and he'd be like, oh, yeah, 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 sorry, sorry. And, I, and we'd, no, no, it's okay, but let's just all use our inside voice. Um, or, uh, you know, and... and and slowly over weeks months he just began to settle down and the settling down seemed like a safety that came out of him and mm. where you know in the beginning everyone knew him as this aggressive angry person now you walk in and everybody who walks in he's smiling hello how are you welcome yeah. and to me that just represents that that kind of transformation that happens as people experience hospitality mm. can i interject one thing yeah. here? i think that's fascinating that now he is the one giving the welcome and i think for me that's the sweet spot of hospitality when the guest transitions to becoming the host yeah. right and that speaks of power differential giving power away yeah. people being empowered to be in the space it's their space now that they invite other people into yeah that's that's what for me that's when you know you're doing it right yeah right when the guests become the host yeah. that's beautiful i talk to a lot of other uh Christians who are trying to create these spaces and very often we get into the mistaken space of, of always having this I'm the host, you're the guest yeah. and actually if we invited someone into our home as a, a new guest yes, we prepare the meal and we just say oh don't do anything, sit down, let me serve you but actually they're never going to feel like a true friend yeah. or even part of the family if we never allow them to help do the dishes or serve the food or prepare the food as people you know kind of rise in our relationship we allow that to happen and and that's so important that we model that very very quickly as soon as people come in that uh we we we're so intentional about moving them towards becoming the host themselves mm. so so you're talking to about how um 
living into that hospitality or experiencing it as transformational for people. How has it been transformational for you to extend hospitality as you've done year in, year out in such an extravagant way? I think it it truly has helped me see Jesus in other people. And it's it's really humbled me. I think it's given me a teachableness um, to just see some of the love others are able to show, um, you know, and, and to what I can learn from them. And we can talk about that and say, yeah, 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 that's probably a, a good thing as Christians that we have this humility to see Jesus in others. But, but honestly, uh, some of the people come in so rough around the edges, it can be easy to judge them very quickly. Mm-hmm. But what it's taught me is, is to, to genuinely 100% with every single person who walks in the door to know that Jesus can be seen in them and that I might be entertaining Christ in them. Mm. And, uh, and it's, it's changed something in me. It's given me a, a kind of an awareness, a holy awareness, a curiosity every time I meet someone to, to want to find that out, to be confident that they have something that I could learn from them. Hmm. Oh, that's beautiful, Eric. Thank you. Do you think, just as we wrap up, that you'd be able to pray for our listeners around all of this stuff? I'd love to do that. Thank you. Yeah. Jesus, I thank you that you are the one who first showed the hospitality of the kingdom to us by reaching out to us, inviting us in to your heart that you've made a way back into your home, into the Father's house for us. And so um, I pray that for each listener, we'd first experience that, the welcome and the drawing in to your presence. And then out of that, that we would each become living hosts of the kingdom, wherever we find ourselves, whether it's in our home or in a public space, in a third space, or even on a seat in a bus, that we would be creating spaces of kingdom hospitality, welcoming in the stranger, entering their story, and, uh, and seeing what you do in that moment, and let it turn into worship for us, just absolute wonder and curiosity at how beautiful the kingdom really is. For your glory, Lord. Amen. Thank you so much for joining us for this episode of the Order of the Mustard Seed podcast. For more information about the order, you can find us at orderofthemustardseed.com or on Instagram, Facebook, or Twitter. May God grant us grace as we follow his invitations to be true and to be kind and to go. Go.